The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, soap fans. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, coming to you again this week from the home office in Philadelphia. After being away for a week, yes, I was able to sneak out of the office and head out to Palm Springs for the first annual Hot as Hell Web Series Fan Festival. It's a whole lot of words, but I guarantee you every syllable was worth it. I had a really great time out there getting to meet some of the people who are responsible for some of our favorite web series. I also want to extend thanks to Steve Silverman and Julie A. Smith for allowing me to go out there and broadcast live from the Palm Springs Riviera, which is a a really nice hotel for those of you who are thinking of heading out to the Palm Springs area. And also for letting me host a panel, a live panel with the creators of the web series. I had a great time and there will be some video evidence of all of my shenanigans coming up on SoapCentral.com and also on VoiceAmerica.com. TV, so stay tuned for that. You can see some interviews with Michelle Lee, Joan Van Ark, uh, Crystal Chappelle, Denise Alexander, some really great stuff. But if you missed the show, the live broadcast, you can check it out anytime at soapcentral.com slash radio. It is in our archives. You can listen to it on demand anytime, but not right now, because we have what's going to be a fascinating discussion this week with a former daytime star who's sharing a glimpse into her life through her new autobiography, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. Gloria Loring will be here in just a few moments. And as always, this is the point of the show where I encourage you to be part of the show. This is an interactive show. If you want to talk to Gloria, maybe you have a question or you have a comment, all you have to do is call in on our toll-free call-in line, 866-472-5788. Again, the number is 866-472-5788. If for some reason you can't make it to the phone, Or if the world never seems to be living up to your dreams, you can also share your comments or questions on Twitter at Soap Central. And this week, we've also started a comment thread on our official Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Soap Central. I'll be poking around on Twitter and Facebook to see what you guys are saying, to see your comments, see your, your questions. Maybe some of them will make it onto the air if we have the time. And of course, you can always call in. But that's the groundwork for this week's show. What do you say we just get right into it? Because there's so much to talk about this hour. Because my guest this week is a multi-hyphenated entertainer. She's a singer with a number one pop hit. She's an author. She's the co-composer of two of the best-known television theme songs. She's a mom, a nana. She's a spokesperson for the JDRF. She is part of our soap opera family for the six years she spent playing Liz Chandler on NBC's Days of Our Lives. Today, Gloria Lauren is here to talk about her autobiography, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous, which is available now from your favorite bookseller. 
Gloria, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, well, thank you so much. It sounds like you're a busy man. <laughs> I am, you know, they keep me busy. I guess I keep myself busy running here and there, doing all that. So, but I'm sure you know about being busy. Yeah, it's, well, you know what? It's fun. It's fun to, to do the things we love to do. And hopefully all of you out there are, are doing almost all things you love to do. We're going to talk about that later because I've learned from reading your book that a lot of the stuff that we attract may be because we're looking for uh, something that's wrong for us. It, particularly, it seemed to apply to relationships, but we'll get into that because I want to sort of lay the groundwork for everybody to know more about your book. As I was telling you before the show, Gloria, I have read Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous twice, not once, because I wasn't sure that I got all of the, the, the points that I needed to get. So I decided to read it again just before the show because there's so much going on in there that really sort of uh, struck a note with me. Well, what I wanted to do is, and, and I think I achieved that. It, it took me a long time to do this book, over 10 years. Um, I started and then I put it aside and I wasn't sure. You know, I knew I had my stories, my individual stories, but, but I knew that there was something important that linked them to other people's lives. You know, they were my individual experiences, but the, it was the principles underneath and the way that help kept turning up, those meaningful coincidences. And I wanted to understand that. And so I did lots and lots of research. I talked to people about it. I collected their stories. And I gradually started to formulate um, a perspective that was born of a lot of years of, of, of living, of exp- personal experience, of study, of uh, you know empirical evidence, you would say, of actually living through things and going, oh, wow, that did work. Oh, no, no, that didn't work. Plus, I am a certified yoga instructor with 24 years of study with yoga philosophy. And a lot of what I put into this book comes from ancient teachings that really are across the board. I mean, we know that all the major, the, the great spiritual beings brought us very similar messages about the basics, you know, treat other people as you would want mm-hmm. to be treated. Um, you know, uh, when, if you do to the least of these, you do to me. And all of these sort of principles um, sort of melded together in my heart and in my mind. And, and so I wanted to write a book that was funny and useful and fascinating and, and unique because it would be very personal stories. And, and I'm, I'm hearing that back from people like you. You definitely, on everything that you just described the book, I took it, every one of those points. And for folks out there who are, are listening and thinking, oh boy, this is one of those books where somebody is lecturing and telling us how we should live our lives, that isn't the case at all. I, I got it was just the opposite. There, to me, this wasn't in any way telling people that what you're doing is the right way. This allowed me to read the book, to sit and think, thank goodness someone else has gone through the same mess that I've gone through in my life, and to sort of get some additional information to make an informed decision of how you should apply it to your own life. Yeah, I mean, you know, very often, down through that, very often, almost (laughs) always, the best way to share information is through a story. That's why Jesus used parables. That's why Buddha used stories. That's why these great beings, these great teachers, 
taught with metaphor, with, with picturing, out-picturing uh, internal principles for us. It's all over the place. And, and so I saw in my own stories, when I looked at them deeply enough, certain basic drives. I mean, we want to be valued. We want to be loved. We want to be happy. We want to know that we're, we're appreciated by people. It, it's just that things can get out of balance. And, and when they're out of balance, um, and very often uh, it was inner forms uh, of our um, understanding about ourselves get out of balance because of things that happened early on in our childhood. Uh, maybe there was an unfortunate neglect or abuse or, or a, a grief or a trauma, you know, the loss of a parent, the loss of a sibling, um, bullying, um, some, some kind of physical, emotional, or psychological uh, trauma. You know, all of these things take away access for us to a little bit of our, our fullness of being, our, our spirit. And by spirit, I mean our essential energy. You know, if you're in the room with somebody who's always negating you, putting you mm-hmm. down, you kind of shut parts of yourself off from that person. And eventually, you'll kind of shut those parts of yourself off even from your own self. And so it's, it's as we grow and we, we, the coincidence, the coinciding of meaningful events will reflect back to us what it is we're sending out energetically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually into the world. Because we will see ourselves in others. That's where that, you know, if you do to the least of these, you do to me. It's because we're all connected. And that was the ecumenical vision that I wanted to bring to this book because I was so, one of the reasons it took me so long to write the book, I was so nervous about writing a book with the word God in the title. Even though Albert Einstein said Mm -hmm. that quote. You know, it was a scientist who said that quote, but I feel like, oh, people are going to say, what is Gloria Loring, <laughs> singer-actress, doing writing a book about God? And then I thought, oh, and then they're going to expect it to be religious, and then if it's not their religion, they're going to say, oh, well, this isn't right. And, and so it was that, that back and forth, I went back and forth like a pendulum, but I think I finally, I feel certain that that I found the right mix, because I'm hearing back from so many people that this book is is a source of nourishment for their own understanding of, of you know, just a growth and healing in their lives. And I shared a lot of stuff that was tough to share, you know. I mean, uh, you know, chapters 8 and 9 I share about yeah. having had um, what I call politely inappropriate sexualized contact with my father when he was drunk. Um, not my, wasn't, wasn't my idea, believe me. Um, but, but that, that harmed me in great ways for a lot of years. But coincidence led me to exactly the right path of healing for me. Might not be everybody else's path, but the point being that we're a participant in the creation of the coincidences that appear in our lives. With something that difficult, Gloria, a lot of people, might choose to just leave that part out and to write their autobiography with, uh, you know, focusing on just the good and maybe dab in a couple of bad things just to, to, to make it spicy. Why did you feel the need to put that in chapters eight and nine when you very easily could have chosen to, to keep that to yourself? Yeah, I know. Well, because it was, even now, when I think back to it, uh, it was so etheric, esoteric, uh, mysterious, 
all of everything that led me to that, my inner knowing, people saying things to me from the outside, it was the most mysterious part of the way coincidences can lead us. But you see, if coincidences come in and they keep coming in in a pattern, directing our attention towards something, and if we keep saying, I'm not going to look, I don't go away, go away, I don't want to look, then we deny ourselves the opportunity for healing. And I think I wanted to put that part in most of all because I wanted for those of us in this world who might read my book, who have been harmed so greatly by some early trauma, I wanted them to know that if it could happen to me, if that healing could take place, and it was in my 40s when this happened, then it can happen to anyone. I wasn't special. Um, yeah, I can sing and I can do some acting and, you know, but, but as a human being, I'm no, no different than anybody else. I have all the same quirks and, you know, people look at me sometimes and think, oh, she must have had such a charmed life. Uh, no, as you were also <laughs> reading my book. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I have just as much angst and pain and negativity rumbling around in here that rears its nasty little head every now and then. <laughs> but uh, what I did is I wanted so badly not to be in pain inside anymore that I sought the ways that I could rise above that. Uh, I write a column for Soap Opera Digest called How to Drop the Drama. And I learned how to drop the drama with a combination of um, yoga philosophy, my own healing, uh, using actually acting techniques. Because when we when we use acting techniques to formulate a character, we put put certain belief systems inside ourselves. So I wanted to share all of this, and I knew that if I told the truth, that it would be helpful to somebody somewhere that there would be one person, maybe just one. And if my telling the truth, being, being willing to say, it doesn't brand me forever. What happened then doesn't make me a bad person. The shame, I refuse to be ashamed anymore. I was ashamed for so long. And I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. And every one of us who stands up and says, this is what my truth is, we give someone else the courage to tell the truth and come out from the shadows and start to recover their own hearts. You're speaking about telling the truth. And there are certain things that I think everyone knows about themselves, the things that they're not trying to hide. They know them as fact. But it wasn't until the very end of reading your book where you sort of were going back and revisiting some of the experiences that you talked about in the book and how they shaped you and how they shaped the journey. I had this moment, Gloria. I don't know how to describe it. Um, it, was just, it was an overwhelming moment where for about 10 minutes of time, I have absolutely no idea where I went. And I realized that in saying this, it sound, sounds crazy. If I were listening to someone telling it, I'd think, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Uh, but for about 10 minutes, I went to this place and suddenly had this great moment of clarity where there were things in my own life that suddenly... I understood more because I was, I was looking at how they related to you, realizing that the toxic relationship that I had been in was there 
to teach me that I am capable of doing things on my own, that I don't need a person, that a relationship that was uh, nurturing, that showed that I was capable of being loved, even if it wasn't the ideal relationship. And all of these things sort of just for whatever reason mesh together last night as I was finishing up the second reading of the book, and it just was completely overwhelming to me. You know what? That really big vision of our lives is is very powerful. As I was writing those final pages, I, I had tears of gratitude in my eyes, and I felt my heart open to the beauty of even the pain. You know, I, I call these 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 people who come into our lives to nudge us forward, the angels of adversity, because, you know, they may not, they may seem more like devils at the time, <laughs> but very often the very thing that they are pushing in us, we have attracted because we believed that was true about ourselves. And by the way, these are basic psychological principles. Psychiatrists and psychologists would tell you about this, that we will notice and choose um, the people who who fulfill the prophecy about ourselves. So as an example, if you believe, well, I don't deserve to be loved, but you go out and you seek love because you're trying to overcome, I don't deserve to be loved. So you're out seeking love, and you will find someone who seems to love you, but a combination of your own inner belief and their uh, their own inner beliefs will combine to make it a certitude that you experience, see, I don't deserve to be loved. So until we get down to these foundational ideas, these core beliefs, they're called, until we get down to those and understand what they are, we sometimes will repeat them again and again. How many times have we seen that so, oh, so clearly with other people? <laughs> Absolutely. Never with ourselves, but... <laughs> Or not never, but sometimes it takes a long time. But we'll watch someone go from relationship to relationship with someone who is, say, verbally abusive mm-hmm. uh, or negating or disappointing. <laughs> and I, I tell the story of, of um, a friend of mine who's a, a woman in her 30s, and she had a, a very hard relationship with her parents. They were both alcoholics and all kinds of stuff. And eventually there was a lot of healing that happened. But she grew up with this idea that love is supposed to abandon me, um, negate me, uh, disappoint me, uh, not show up, you know, just not pay attention to my needs. And she had what she called a series of lousy boyfriends. And she finally sought uh, comfort from a, a very wise and compassionate therapist who said to her, okay, I hear what you're telling me about your lousy, all these lousy boyfriends. She said, tell me something. What do all these lousy boyfriends have in common? And my friend stopped for a minute, and she looked at the therapist, and the light bulb went on, and she said, Oh, me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard thing to come, it's a hard thing to realize that. That she had been attracted to the very thing that was home for her. Home Mm. meant having somebody who's supposed to love you more than anything, your parents. Love you more than anything who always turns around and disappoints you, casts you aside, abandons, betrays on some level or other. And when you have alcoholics for parents, that's bound to happen. So when she finally saw that, she's now starting to wake up. 
and she's starting to see much further in advance. She starts to be attracted to someone, and she, she watches and she sees the same kind of person in front of her. So she's saying no right away. So by saying no to that old pattern, she opens space, say, in the universe, in life, for herself to decide that she deserves better than that. You talk about the sense of home, and I know from watching soaps and from all of our listeners who are used to soaps, they're used to the whole wacky, dysfunctional, crazy soap opera families. But it seems for you, it, you have two wonderful sons, they're both married, Each uh, you have two grandchildren. It seems quite peaceful. It seems very loving. It sounds wonderful. Well, I earned it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, too, because we have folks who are, uh, who are listening um, so uh, that weren't aware that you were Robin Thicke's mom. And I it's know. I'm, I actually now have a, a, like, um, a Twitter thing, like hashtag Robin Thicke's mom. <laughs> well, it's funny because we have someone who would like to talk to you about that. Let's bring in our caller. Okay. Caller up there. Hello, Gloria. It's Paula. <gasps> Paula! Oh, you're the cutest girl in the world. <laughs> How are you? How are you? you? You sounding very wise. I always get the best advice from you. I was listening to you, and you said all the right things. How did you know to be on this this call oh, today? Gosh. Oh, we have our magical ways, but you need all the love and attention. She's the best man ever and the best mom. Oh, and you're also heart. so smart and wise and so spiritual, and you teach Robin and I things you 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 know ways of thinking about life all the time. Oh, you are. I got to tell you, Dan, this woman, from when I first met her, I just adored her. She was so, she was what, 16 years old, 17, I right think in I there? Was 15 when I met you, I think. I think oh, I was whatever. It was, it, was, was, it was real. Yeah, it like, was as real as teenagers can be. <laughs> but I watched her. I was there when she graduated from college with summa right. cum laude. And I mean, this amazing, brilliant devoted, uh, in, intensely, well, see, we're both Sagittarians, so we're very That's intense. True. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> well, we, uh, this, this I don't, wasn't necessarily a coincidence. We did arrange for this to happen. And for those of you out there who are listening, it's Paula Patton, who is a wonderful and beautiful actress. Uh, I know that you have to go, Paula, but this is a great opportunity because I was watching the trailer for your new film, Baggage Claim, last night. I laughed myself silly. It was absolutely Aww. funny. Coming out in theaters on September 27th. I want to give you a chance to let everybody know a little bit about this film so that they'll be lined up, uh, maybe not necessarily for the midnight showing, but that whole opening weekend to go out and check out this movie. Oh, gosh, well, you're very sweet to do that. Well, I'm excited because Gloria will be there at the premiere. She's always been so supportive of my career, and I can't thank her enough. And uh, I think it's a movie that you'll like, Gloria, and I think uh, a lot of your viewers will like. It's a it's a fun romantic comedy. Um, I love those. It's just it's feel good. It's a movie that's going to take you on a journey, both physically and emotionally. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to warm your heart. You know, you can't leave that theater without a smile on your face. Oh, but it's about a flight attendant looking for love in all the wrong places. And then in that journey, she finds herself. And then, of course, is another happy ending. But let's not ruin it for everybody. <laughs> oh, that sounds like that sounds like my kind of movie. 
I know it does, Gloria. <laughs> you and I, we've watched a lot of movies together on our family night. So it's I, fun. I know, I know. Thank goodness nobody dies. Oh, thank you so much. Nobody dies in this one, Gloria. I know. We like to laugh in our family, right? You know, like, it's like, um, God, what's our favorite, like, Dr. No and um, all of those English comics, the Monty Pythons. Oh, you're, I know. You've been, you and Robin do the best impressions from that. <laughs> Wait, you guys have taught me a lot about comedy. Well, you are you are just wonderful in comedic Aww. circumstances and wonderful. I just went to see Two Guns, which was a hard watch for me because, <laughs> you know, this is my girl, my Paula, and, and even though you were the character, you I can't look at you and not see Paula, too, and there's some really hard scenes in that, and I had to put my fingers in my ears and close my <laughs> eyes. It was just too hard to watch, but you were brilliant in it. You were absolutely brilliant. Oh, that's very kind of you. Oh, I love you, Gloria. Thank you for I that. I love that's you too, honey. Sweet. Have a fabulous weekend. I know you two are going to the VMAs this yes, Sunday, and, and we Robin will send is you nominated. And Julian will we'll, we'll Skype and um, send you some videos from Julian talking about how much he loves Nana. Oh, that's so cute. I know. I told, I was on Excess Hollywood, Dan, yesterday, and I was, they said, oh, you've got the cutest grandson. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm the Nana. And I said, I asked him, what do you want to be? You want to be a doctor when you grow up? And he said, no, rock star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has made up his mind. <laughs> oh, Paula, He's thank so you cute. so much for calling in. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Gosh, you know, he got all those shots from you. You're such an amazing singer, Gloria. And, and I'm, I just, I want to tell everybody her book is really incredible. But what's really incredible is that you're a great mother and a great nana. And you are also such a talented woman, both, both as an actress and a singer. So you're something to look up to for every one of us. And I'm so lucky to be part of your family. I love you so much. I love you too, darling girl. Go have a great weekend. Okay, you too, my love. Talk okay. to you guys later. Okay, bye-bye, honey. Um, we, have to, we have to take a quick break, but we're going to be back with more of Gloria Loring after this break on Soap Central Live. Stay tuned. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, Check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. We are talking with Gloria Loring today about her new book, her autobiography, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. We had a little surprise for you there, Gloria, before the break. How is that for a little excitement on a Friday afternoon? That's amazing. I mean, Paula, for those of you who maybe just tuned in, Paula Patton is my daughter-in-law. I have known her for 20 years. She and Robin, um, that would be Robin Dick, my, uh, my, my now pop R&B rock star son, um, have been together since they were young teenagers, and and she's just an amazingly um, smart and accomplished and gracious uh, human being. I mean, I'm just I'm always amazed at the way she handles everything, including my son. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a topic for another show. I can't That's wait for the follow up. <laughs> but you have to get her to talk about that. I don't tell no secrets. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, when we talk about secrets, the first thing that I think about is I think about soap operas. I think about people announcing stuff unaware that somebody is behind the corner listening to whatever deep, dark secret they're about to reveal, which makes me think days of our lives. What better soap that has secrets in days of our lives? And of course, you were a part of days of our lives from 1980 to 1986 as Liz Chandler. And there's something in your book that uh, made me laugh. In Chapter 5, you say, they decided to shoot Liz. They did that every two years, whether I needed it or not. How many times (laughs) was your character shot? That was twice. They shot me once when I was maybe going to leave the show. Uh, That was in 83. And then in 85, they shot me again. (laughs) In fairness, though, your character did also shoot someone else, so it evens it out. Oh, I, well, all right, all right, all right, turnabout's fair play. No, but it was so funny. When they wanted ratings, they would mostly either get, do something to Liz or do something to Marlena. Marlena would get kidnapped. She'd turn into the, the possessed by the devil. Liz would get either kidnapped or shot. Or It was just, it's funny. It's, it's great fun. And for... Folks who follow me on Twitter and Facebook, they should know by now that in addition to being a huge soap fan, I'm also a huge music fan. Every weekend, I spend hours listening to the 70s, 80s, and 90s countdowns on Sirius XM, and I tweet about what's number one and all that other good stuff. And last week on the 80s countdown, 
there was a song, perhaps you're familiar with it, <laughs> a duet that you recorded with Carl Anderson called Friends and Lovers. It was moving up the chart. It eventually spent 14 weeks in the top 40. It was number one on Billboard's hot uh, adult contemporary chart. It was number two on the Hot 100, kept out of number one by Huey Lewis. We'll get to him later. Uh, but, it, I mean, it was a huge hit, and it was also used on Days of Our Lives. But with anything that seems to be like it should be simple, this wasn't a process getting this song released. Yeah, it took almost a year from the time I first heard the song. And I tell the story in Chapter 5 about um, how I found the song. I was complaining that I was never going to have a hit record. And, again, here's this, this idea that we participate in create, creating coincidences. And my associate producer, Beth Milstein, on the show, I was, you know, she was my go-to friend to complain to. <laughs> she was so compassionate. <laughs> and I said, I'm never going to have a hit record because I'm a white female in her 30s and rah, rah, rah. And she says, wait a minute, wait a minute, how could it happen? And so I stopped doing the negative, and I started thinking of the positive, and I said, well, I'd have to find a great song, and maybe if I sang it on the show and people really liked it, if the writers liked it, they'd use it for a storyline. Well, everything that I daydreamed about that day with Beth came true, including by the next morning, Beth, because I had put that idea that I'd have to find a good, really great song. I, that idea was in her head. She went to a production meeting. She was with the other producers, and they mentioned a song that had been sent in that they thought was really good, but they weren't sure how to use it. And she brought it to me the next morning. Well, it was Friends and Lovers. And the minute I heard what the end of the first chorus, so I'll be your friend, then I'll be your lover. And I went, oh, that's a hit song if I ever heard one. And I started singing it, and the writers loved it, and then they decided to work it into the Shane and Kimberly storyline, and, and, but every major record company turned it down. It took a year to finally get it released, and by the time it did, because we had 10 million viewers back then, mm-hmm. it shot up to number one and number two, actually went to number one in every major market in North America. Um, so wow. it, here was my dream. But you see, I had participated by instead of saying, oh, it can't happen, somebody turned my head around to say, well, how can it happen? And I started to think positively and look at the energy that put out to Beth, who then, you know, heard that, about that song. I mean, everything unfolded exactly as I had, had, had those ideas for it. You know, I'm a big proponent, particularly now that social media is everywhere. The energy that someone can take to write something scathing and nasty and just inflammatory, they can spend the same amount of time to write something positive, to talk about what they like, to talk about what they love. And for whatever reason, it seems that people are, are they find it easier to go for the negative. But you're an example. If you put out the positive, After having said what you couldn't do, what you couldn't do, guess what? The universe showed that you couldn't. It wasn't until you started saying what you could do that it happened. Yeah, and sometimes you see these inner messages for us are very subtle, and we don't really hear what we're saying to ourselves when we're in private. We don't hear ourselves saying things like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm not very smart, or I'm not very pretty, or I'm... I'm not very this or I'm not. We don't, we get so used to this voice in our head. Um, and my friend Daniel Brinkley, who wrote Saved by the Light, says, you don't have to believe everything you think. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which like I that. love. Okay. Because when he first said that, I went, oh, my God, well, of course I don't. You know, sometimes you think, oh, there's just nothing worth going on for. You say, and I, you know, sometimes things not quite that bad, but sometimes things like that will come out of my mouth. And fortunately now, because of all these years of meditation, and meditation is just listening to and watching your own inner stance, your own inner um, voice, your own inner uh, 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 belief system. It's, it's starting to get acquainted to what, what's going on inside you, not just listening to what people are saying to you, but listening to what you're saying to yourself. And because of that now, when I say some of those negative things, I literally sometimes I stop and I say, shut up up there. Stop it. <laughs> Out loud? <laughs> Do you I say know, this? Sometimes, okay. yeah. Okay. I know, okay. I'm weird. But I do that. Too. No, I do that too. It's nice to know. Uh, and, and even to a certain extent now, there are certain things, whereas before I might be really quick to have some adult language if somebody is driving poorly. Now I do the flip of that. I think maybe they're driving slow because they're going home to some place where they're unhappy. Yes. And that's why they're dri- and I'm like, oh, you know what? I feel bad. Or when they're driving fast, maybe they really want to go home and see their boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever it is. So I just sort of because it, it's not going to do any good to get upset. It just will cause all kinds of commotion. Well, yeah, and it you know that stuff never hurts anybody else. It only hurts us because my getting upset with somebody in another car. You know, if somebody ever, you know, gives me the finger or something like that, I just wave and smile. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no one should dare give Gloria Loring the finger. That must be some sort of crime. Well, I'm not, but you know what I mean. Sometimes things happen. <laughs> that was well, sort of a metaphorical, I think. I don't think I've had anybody do that in many, many, many years. But, but you know, I mean, the more... So here's... You want a great story? Here's a great story. Um Carolyn Mace, who has done so much good work, she's a medical intuitive, written wonderful books, um, and she told a story at a seminar that I heard about, and it was about a friend of hers was in a car accident, and this woman was so badly uh, uh, damaged and hurt in that that she actually um, died and left her body. And they were getting the jaws of life, and she floated up above the car, and she saw everybody working, but very dispassionate. Oh, they're working. Oh, that's me. Oh my goodness, boy, I really look like I'm uh, not going to do too well. And there was, a, she heard with spiritual ears or with her inner hearing, a woman, uh, some a woman's voice saying, um, "Please bless her. Please take care of who's ever in this car." Please help them heal. Please help them come home to their family. She heard these beautiful prayers being poured out, and she she was able to d- discern that there was a woman in the car just behind her car that had to stop because of the accident who was sending out these blessings and prayers for her. And she, in her disembodied state, now this is real esoteric stuff, but it's I think it's cool. I love this mysterious <laughs> stuff. I do watch Long Island Medium. Thank you. So anyway, she looked at the license plate of this woman who was sending these blessings, and she memorized it. So anyway, they got her out with the jaws of life of the car. It took her six months of recovery in the hospital and therapy and all of this, but she always remembered that license plate number, and she looked it up, and she was able to find out who that woman was, and she sent her a message or something. However she did, she got in touch with her. She went to meet with her, and she brought her flowers, 
And she said, I heard what you were saying, saying to me and for me and about me. And I want you to know it really helped knowing that somebody was there with me at that time when I was in such great danger of leaving this life. And when I heard that story, I completely got it. I went, oh, my word, just because we think that someone can't hear us, maybe they can. Maybe it is not true that what we send out into the world doesn't somehow reach the people and that, that we're sending it to. And so now, whenever I get upset with somebody, um, I try as very quickly as possible to start to send blessings because, you know, they must be hurting to to be in, in, a, in an agitated frame of mind that maybe they did something that hurt my feelings. I must be hurting. And so what I send them, again, here we come back to that. If you do to the least of these, you do to me. It's this, this we're all in this together. And what's the energy we're creating in this world? It's such a simple message, but gosh, it's powerful. It is. You know, and it's sometimes, I think that maybe... Maybe just five years ago, maybe even a little less than that, I might think of something like that and think, oh, you know, that's the talk of, of crazy people. Uh, you know, there may be people who haven't experienced it, who they can't wrap their head around it. But I'm finding as I've, I've sort of become more in tune with myself and learned more about myself, took 40 years, but I finally am figuring things out about myself. I also find that I'm maybe more, I'm better adept at understanding Others being able to understand the sort of the whole place that everything has a place in the universe. I know that that may sound, as you were saying, esoteric. It may sound the ramblings of a of a crazy radio host, but that's what I feel, and I think it's <laughs> it's my truth. Yeah, I you know I I was listening last night to um, CNN, and they were interviewing that amazing woman Antoinette Tuff, who talked yeah. the the fellow with the gun in the school and talked to him. And she, and she said, she said, I wasn't pretending to be compassionate. He kept saying, I, I haven't taken my medication. And she said, I could see that he wasn't in his right mind. And she, I felt sorry for him. And, of course, she was trying to also take care of herself. But, but her heart was open to him. And look at the outcome of that, that, that he actually, somehow, her compassion triggered some remembrance in him of a better way of being, a better way that he could be. And he put down that urge toward violence, toward trying to harm others out of his rage, out of his dis- imbalances. I mean, she was just extraordinary. And, and that's the way to be in this world, oh. to see someone who is, is out of balance. I mean, and I don't care who it is, because... Yeah. I, I have a theory, and I know people will disagree with me. I had a wonderful conversation with a psychiatrist recently about this, about the legal definition of insane. And I said, you know what? I think anybody who hurts, shoots, knifes, kills anyone else in this life who actively goes after to hurt someone is insane. In other words, they're not in their sanity. They're not in their humanity. They've lost touch with their human heart, with, with the divinity within themselves. And so, I mean, just 
you know, people like that and what you're saying, you know, just to, 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 to give out that, that which we would like to have around us, yeah. to be an example, because we're all teachers. We're always teaching. The question comes down to what are you teaching? <laughs> are you teaching frustration and impatience and, you know, lack of compassion? Or are you just taking a deep breath and going, okay, I'm going to play with this? <laughs> I think that that is an absolute powerful statement to know that no matter what you do, there is someone who is observing that, taking that, and that may be something that you've taught them, whether you want to teach them that or not. For those of you out there who are just joining us, even though we are getting to the end of the show, we're talking to Gloria Loring today about her autobiography, Coincidence, God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. And Gloria, I can't help but think that when you're talking about lessons, when you're talking about uh, instilling things upon people, there is something that pops into my head that we're going to cue up and listen, and then we'll discuss. Let's take a listen to a little clip. Okay. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. When the world never seems to be living up to your dreams, and suddenly you're finding out the facts of life are all about you. Of course, the theme song to The Facts of Life, and another thing that uh, people were learning, I like to inform people, they did not know that you were co-responsible. Some people, a, a lot of people did, but some people did not know that you were co-responsible for not only the theme to The Facts of Life, but also to different strokes. Uh, yes, and of course, that was my voice singing Facts of Life. Um, Alan Thick, Alan and I were married. Alan is is... Robin Thicke's dad and Brennan Thicke's dad, and we were together for 16 years, and we learned so much from each other, and bless his heart, do you know that uh, yesterday was, would have been, our, well, it was our imaginary 43rd wedding anniversary, he's married to someone else, and so am I, but um, every once in a while through the years, one of us would send an email or call the other and say, hey, happy 25th wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's nice to know that there's a civil relationship. People tend to think that if a marriage is over, you have to hate each other. Well, no, no. You know, I, I remember my darling friend Valerie Harper, who, by the way, just celebrated today, I think it was her 74th birthday. God bless her. She's Absolutely. the most amazing person. I was very, very... Um, oh gosh, honored and, and, and overjoyed to have her as a, a regular part of, of my life in a friendship for about five, six years at a very difficult part of my life. And, but Valerie had a great thing. She was married to Dick Shaw, Richard Shaw. And somebody, when they separated years and years ago, somebody said to her, aren't you, uh, aren't you upset that the marriage failed? And she said, oh, no, it didn't fail. It succeeded. It was fabulous. And then it was over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? But I've, as I was saying at the top of the show, looking back, I've now learned that every relationship, whether you know it's good or it's bad, there is a lesson to be learned. I've said it before. I truly believe it. And when we're talking about things and, and lessons and things that go on, I want to make sure that we get time to play our $250 soap pyramid because oh, we are playing oh, yes, for... Yes. JDRF, which 
is Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, but they've changed it just JDRF because, Gloria, I have numbers here somewhere. I want to make sure that I, I give these out because it was stunning to me. First of all is that not only children are affected by this, but according to my numbers, which, of course, I don't have when I need them. We'll, we'll get to it after the fact. But we're talking something like 8.3% of the U.S. population now is diabetic, which is an astounding number. Yes, it's it's a lot. It is this it used to be the third leading killer and because of research it's now the sixth leading killer, but the diagnosis, the number of people being diagnosed with diabetes is rising all the time because we're out of balance with our food intake and all and exercise and and so we we have a a, a potentially catastrophic circumstance set of circumstances coming up when these children and young adults who are start childhood obese grow up because once you create those fat cells, they're very hard to get rid of. And we know that overweight contributes to diabetes. So it's it's really it's it's really an important subject and I'm I'm so glad to to, to see it getting the attention it deserves. And I'm happy to, to make another two hundred and fifty dollars for for JDRF. Okay. So if the category well <laughs> Here's the wink, wink. You don't get a chance to win. Everybody out there who's listened to the show knows that everybody gets the money, but we'll pretend that that's not the case. Just okay, for a, a sense of, just for a sense of urgency, the categories names the same. They're going to be all in one way or another famous glorias. Oh boy! Did, okay, I've just gotten these, so uh, hang in there with me because I'm seeing these for the first time. Are you ready, Gloria? Yes, I am. All right. This is she's a famous lawyer. She's involved in the the San Diego uh, mayor's issue oh, that's right now. Oh, Gloria Allred. Yes, uh, a famous uh, a feminist, the founder of uh, Ms. Gloria Steinem. I saw her yes. in New York recently. Um, oh gosh, uh, she played Gloria on All in the Family. Uh, uh, Feed the children. Um, uh, she's not named Gloria. She has another oh, name. Oh, she... Sally Struthers. Yes, um, the lead singer of the Miami Sound Machine. Gloria Estevan. Yes, uh, she sang "I Will Survive" the disco song. <gasps> Gloria Gaynor. Yes, uh, I don't know who this person is. Uh, next, oh, she was the older version of Rose in Titanic um, uh, Academy Award nomination she's uh, was like 98 at the time that she got her Academy Award nomination oh my gosh oh gosh I don't remember her name we'll skip it we'll come back to it oh, oh another song she sang Gloria uh, I think they got your number I think they've got your alias oh uh, Brannigan yes um, oh gosh uh, she came from a very very wealthy family she had her oh time's Gloria up Gloria Vanderbilt yeah very good uh, there's only one more, and I'm not sure. I believe that she was in Sunset Boulevard. Uh, her last oh, name sounds oh 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 sounds rats. like a TV dinner. Swanson. Sounds, uh, yes. <laughs> I didn't even know I knew that many Glorias. <laughs> I, I didn't know there were that many either. The other one that she didn't get was Gloria Stewart, for was from Titanic. Oh yes, yes, yeah. I would. That wouldn't have stuck with me that much. But she was so dear in that. She was amazing. So the good news, well, the bad news is you didn't get them all. The good news is that you still have won $250 for <laughs> JDRF, which is a charity that, of course, is close to home for you because your son, Brennan, is diabetic. He has had diabetes for 34 years. He's still doing well. 
Um, and and he he's uh, he's got his own son now, little uh, Nana's rascal boy Tyler. <laughs> Why Nana's rascal? Is he a little he naughty? He is thing? a rascal. When he was about two, I said, "You're just a, a rascal." And he looked at me and I said, "Are you Nana's rascal boy?" And he looked at me and he said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That makes me think of, you know, the little voice. And I know that in your book, you often talk about being able to listen to one's inner self. I think the challenge, and I'd like for you to maybe offer some insight into it, is how do you know if that inner self, that inner voice that you're hearing is something that you can trust or if it is, uh, you know, something that's giving you the wrong guidance? Well, the, if it's if it's the voice of the Most High of of the Beloved, the uh, what some of us call God, um, our divine direction, our best and highest self, it will probably be leading us towards something that um, is beneficial. Uh, it it will inspire us. It will open our hearts. Uh, you might hear a little voice that says, "Oh, you got to forgive him," or something. I'm not forgiving him. But then you think about, okay, what is forgiveness going to feel like? Well, forgiveness is going to feel like letting go of anxiety, of agitation, whatever. Um, so, so part of it is is listening. And how do I feel when I listen to that voice? If the voice in your head says, "Well, you're no good. Nobody's ever going to love you," well, that's not the voice of the Most High. That's for sure, or the best and highest self within you. Within you. Um, so it, it, I, I always like to say, you know, who is this? Is this a friend I would like whispering in my ear all the time? You know how we love to be with people who say, oh, but honey, you're just fabulous. Don't you let them tell you that, honey. You're just <laughs> fabulous. You know, I mean, who wants to be with somebody who says, oh, well, you know, I was watching uh, Saturday Night Live women last night and Debbie Downer. You know, who wants to be with <laughs> Debbie Downer? So it is, is it the voice of Debbie Downer or is it the voice of, you know, somebody who lifts you up and inspires you like Joel Osteen? You know, is it Debbie Downer or Joel Osteen? You know? <laughs> yeah, nobody wants Debbie Downer. You know, surprisingly, we're talking about what people want. I'm looking on Twitter and this is not necessarily a, a demand. It's just people offering their thoughts. They would love at some point in time to hear you sing Blurred lines. <laughs> Is it okay? That would be that would be a whole other. I don't know what I would do with that. Um, actually, somebody said to me recently and <laughs> said, um, "You and Robin should do friends and lovers together." Ew, said, no. Wait a second. What are we going to do? Sing. So I'll be your son, and I'll be your mother. <laughs> Hey, that has its own interesting... It's a whole new meaning. Spin off. Yes, yeah, I mean, indeed. How am I going to sing, you're a good girl and I know you want it? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll come up with a, a, an alternate version, maybe a Weird Al Yankovic parody. We'll, we'll send That's that over. We, well, work. you know, there are all these parodies. Jimmy Fallon did one. Jimmy Kimmel did a version. And, I mean, everybody's having so much fun with it. And, and there's the... Um, there's a senior citizen group that got together and did one. It was fabulous. They were so cute. They so. absolutely are. Unfortunately, I'm looking at the clock. We're down to our final minute. Gloria, it has been amazing having you here today. I want to thank you so much for dropping by. 
Oh, well, thank you so much. I want to let everybody know my book is on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and the CD, we didn't get to talk about this, but every chapter of my book has its own song. It begins with a song lyric, and all of those songs are on the CD, Turn the Page, which is on iTunes, and it's also available on my website store. And we are tweeting out the links to both. We're also tweeting out links so it's easier for you to find. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. If you missed any of it, follow along on our Twitter feed at Soap Central. We'll also be posting the information at SoapCentral.com slash radio. While you're there, you'll also be able to check out every other episode of the show that we've done. We've got 192 episodes now. You can listen to them anytime you want, stream them, download them. It's all entirely free. We also, of course, want to put in a plug for Paula Patton's new movie baggage claim coming out september 27th she's also featured as gloria had mentioned in two guns which is in theaters now gloria again thank you so much for dropping by today all right and watch my son on the vmas maybe he'll win on sunday night (laughs) certainly hope so it's the song of the summer and this is one of our last shows of the summer everybody join us next week for our final show of august friday august 30th 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific i hope that you'll join us then for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.